thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, a systematic review and meta-analysis of 38 randomized controlled trials of omega-3 fatty acids has shown that the fatty acid improves cardiovascular outcomes. The study, published in eClinical Medicine, showed a greater reduction in cardiovascular risk when supplementing with EPA alone rather than when combined EPA and DHA supplements were used. This follows on from a 2018 study published in the New England Journal of Medicine using a high dose of a purified ethyl ester of EPA named Reduce-It in patients at elevated cardiac risk and showed significantly reduced cardiovascular events. It led to the development of a prescription drug and a significant change in worldwide guidelines. Senior author Deepak Bhatt said that Reduce-It was the largest and most rigorous contemporary trial of EPA, but there have been other ones as well. Now we can see that the totality of evidence supports a robust and consistent benefit of EPA. These trials included more than 149,000 participants in total and looked at cardiovascular mortality, non-fatal cardiovascular outcomes, bleeding, and atrial fibrillation, and combined show that the omega-3 fatty acids both reduced cardiovascular mortality and improved outcomes. This meta-analysis provides reassurance about the role of omega-3 fatty acids, specifically prescription EPA, said Butt. It should encourage investigators to explore further the cardiovascular effects of EPA across different clinical settings. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that this is just another nail in the coffin for the fat phobic movement. You know, we've saw over decades that we were told to avoid fats because they were going to be bad for our heart. And what we realize and what's been shown time and time again is that healthy fats can be really good for your heart and really important for your heart. It also reiterates that we need to be mindful of the pharmaceutical approaches we're taking, which may be minimizing the ability of the fat in our body to do its job. And so we need to be mindful of which approach we're taking and how we're doing it and whether we're nullifying potentially these benefits based on the approaches that we take. So it's interesting to see that in this case, the EPA seemingly perform better than the combination of the EPA and the DHA. And I think it's important to remind people that that doesn't mean that DHA isn't good for you. Yeah, we know that it's a really important anti-inflammatory. We know that some of those DHA studies were done on high-risk individuals. Some of them were taking statins, which seemingly reduce the benefit that you get from the EPA and the DHA. And so, once again, I think more study needs to be done. You know, there haven't been any studies testing DHA by itself. So more research needs to be done in order to test DHA's effect on the heart. But as I said, what we do know is that it does have a great anti-inflammatory effect throughout the body. So I don't think it's something that should be avoided, but rather consumed with the EPA, in my opinion, even though in this case, these studies are suggesting that maybe the EPA alone might be better if we're just looking at the heart. An interesting thing to note is that all of these studies were done prior to 2018. So 2018 was when the big reduce it study was done. It was also when a pharmaceutical was developed from that. And it seems that it's only once that study was done and only once that pharmaceutical was developed that all of a sudden people started to take EPA seriously. It would appear as an outsider looking in that the ability to 
develop a pharmaceutical from it, the ability to patent that and to market that and to sell that as a product as opposed to a supplement has accelerated the rate at which people are looking into EPA, uh, has accelerated the rate at which the recommendations around EPA have changed in the market and has accelerated the rate at which people are wanting to promote and recommend EPA as a treatment for heart disease, or at the very least as a supplement that can be beneficial in people who are at risk of heart disease. And I just think that's interesting. I think that speaks to the way that much of our research, the way that much of our medicine, the way that much of our politics is going in that the the ability to reduce out a particular element and create a pharmaceutical product and to then be able to profit from that seems to, you know, the, the financial implications of that seem to have an influence on all levels of these sort of public health approaches. So I think it's a good reminder that really, you know, animal foods are the best sources of EPA and DHA. And so once again, you know, there are, there are big movements at the moment wanting to push people towards plant-based diets. And I know that there have been some studies and some evidence that, that algae does have uh, EPA and DHA in it and that you can use that as an alternative supplement. But for most people, if they're wanting to get their EPA and their DHA from their diet, then the best way to do that is through animal products, especially from fish. You know, you can, of course, get some ALA from you know things like chia and flaxseed and nuts, which can, to a degree, Degree be converted. However, once again, the best way to do it is from those animal sources for most people who aren't necessarily going to be wanting to eat algae or take an algae supplement. So I think the reminder here is that once again, we don't need to be scared of fats. We need to eat healthy fats, natural fats, fats that are high in omega-3s. They're good for our brain. They're good for our heart. They're good for reducing inflammation. They're good for us in lots of ways. So I think we should be eating those healthy fats because they're good for our heart and they're good for our body. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.